This is Parables of the Divorce CEO, where men have real and raw conversations about the pain, suffering, and loneliness of divorce. Welcome to Parables of the Divorce CEO. I'm your host, Peter Avalon Northstar, the founder and creator of the Divorce CEO and the CEO on Fire Coaching Program. And on this week's episode, The Power of Meditation. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. So, it's been quite the journey up until now. So, I'm going to take a little bit of a break from the enmeshment conversation because it's a heavy conversation. And I want to offer you an invitation. The invitation to start, or if you are uh, somebody who practices meditation, to continue to do it. But today the conversation is going to be about the power of meditation. And then next week we will continue our journey down the path of enmeshment where we're going to talk about the loyalty bind. The reason I wanted to talk about meditation is because meditation has been one of the tools, of the many tools that help me out of the emotional pain and discomfort um, during my divorce, but also in other times in my life where I have been struggling, where I've been lost, where I, you know, look for guidance and when I was very stressed. So I have pretty much meditated my entire life. Now that doesn't mean that I've been good at it. It just means that I've set time aside to do something that looked like meditation, which is actually sitting down and, and trying to quiet the mind, right? Like this is I think for a lot of us, especially as entrepreneurs and business owners, this notion of quieting the mind and having moments of silence and peace is extremely important to us because there's so much stress going on. If you have employees, you know, the stress of payroll, the stress of making the money, uh, providing for your business, marketing, sales, you got to buy things, you got to sell things like there's just a lot of stress related to that. Right. And if you then have you know you're married and you have kids then you have you're you're living in the triangle of insanity which is essentially business owner married and having kids so you have like the trifecta of insanity that way and so the 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 meditation practice is a practice that has helped me tremendously in that sense of understanding uh, myself, but also understanding my thought patterns, right? So a lot of what you have listened to in the conversation about enmeshment comes out of my daily revelation from my uh, meditation and what I, what is called a stack. So I won't go too much into the stack today, uh, but it's a tool that is used. It wasn't created by me. It was created by my coach and mentor, Gary J. White. And he basically talks about um, how to utilize this tool. And so every day I stack and I meditate and I get revelation. And I've been doing about 1,300 stacks now. And I've done specifically probably over 200, maybe 250 on enmeshment itself to uncover this this storyline that is underneath enmeshment, right? Because 
enmeshment has so many tentacles that you have to start at one area and then you start realizing, oh my God, it's like everywhere. And then for most men, we get so overwhelmed with it that we kind of give up on it. But when you use the stack and you use meditation and you use, you know, journaling, you can kind of create a roadmap and you don't lose yourself too much. And the meditation has specifically helped me to see the different pathways, the different ways that uh, enmeshment affects me in areas of my health, in areas of relationships, in areas of business, making money, keeping money, saving, investing, uh, in areas of you know having sex with women, um, in areas of my connection with God, universe, source, whatever you call it, the creator, like something that's that's bigger than myself. And so by utilizing meditation, we can actually get a lot of answers to a lot of the questions we have. Now, meditation is shrouded in a lot of strange connotations and ideas and, you know, right way and wrong way. And so I'm going to just share kind of my observation and my own journey by utilizing meditation. So I learned about meditation from my grandmother, actually. And uh, she was a pretty, pretty um, innovative woman for her time, I would say, because she was a former rower in, uh, in Denmark. And she had somehow come across this technique that they talked about for mental fortitude and to concentrate. And so when I was about, I might have been nine or ten, um, my parents had divorced and we were living at my grandmother and we were walking up and down the street and she was talking about meditation and, and the notion of reincarnation, right? Very interesting conversation to have with your grandmother when you're a young boy. And so she was kind of the first introduction into this. And then as I got older, I got more and more interested in the power of the mind and how our mind actually creates our reality, our success and our defeat and and where we are held back by our minds a lot of time. And so when I was doing martial arts, that's when I was kind of formally introduced, I would say, right? On, up until then, my grandmother and our conversation was more like a theoretical idea. But then when I started martial arts, we started actually practicing meditation. And the first kind of meditation that I was introduced to was the, the Zen Buddhist way um, of seated meditation. And... We did that for, you know, I did, when I started karate back in the day, I think I did that for, you know, maybe two and a half, some years. And then I kind of fell in love with Bruce Lee, like a lot of young men do. And Bruce Lee was really one of the key teachers, I would say, that opened up my my heart to the different pathways and the different, you know, traditions when it came to meditation, right? You have the Taoist way of meditating, you have the Buddhist way, you have the Hindu way, um, you have Christian ways of meditating. Uh, there's many different ways. There's Sufis w way of meditating. Uh, the Christian mystics have their own way. So there's all these different paths you can take, and it can be extremely overwhelming. And I think it's important just to choose one and find something that you could at least start with and see if that 
feels right for you because there will be meditation traditions and spiritual paths that won't resonate with you as much and also remember these things will change over time right as you grow and you learn and you progress and you expand your practice will also what i do today is so different than what i did when i was um, a young kid and so there has to be this detachment from you know it has to be this way because at some point that attachment to it has to be the specific way will basically keep you stuck and i've been there many times on this path but so i started really getting introduced to a lot of these more um, like taoistic and, and chinese ways of meditating but i wasn't really i wasn't really that attached to it in the beginning because at that time i was more interested in the quick way of connecting, right? So a side note on that, the quick path is this more Western type of mentality that there's a hack for meditating and getting into these peak states. Now, mind you, there are definitely ways of doing this. But the question is, what are you gaining and what are you losing from that? Right? Like, what are we gaining from these hacks and what are we actually losing because of it? And so I was always trying to hack these things and trying to kind of find what I would call a, um, an easy way, an easy way to connect. But see, at the time, I didn't understand why I was even connect or trying to connect. What, what was I even trying to do, right? I just had all these teachers that said, well, you had to meditate because you had to learn how to still your mind. And in martial arts, if you know how to meditate, you can also utilize what they call energy uh, transfer or you can move energy you can do all this chi stuff you see in tai chi and uh, qigong uh, even in um, like nowadays you see it a lot more in like wing chun and other styles um, so there was this internal energy component to it as well which fascinated me a lot and so i continued down the path of trying and i say try it because i wasn't I wouldn't say I was formally trained until much later, but I was introduced to it through martial arts and then I kind of tried it on my own and I tried to come up with hacks and I was reading all these books. I was reading all of Bruce Lee's books about meditating and, and how he created his, you know, his crazy speed and, and he could move the way he did and all of that. But I wouldn't say it was until I was probably in my early 20s and I started studying uh, something called Tensecrity. And when I started studying that, one of the teachers that I had is a shaman from the United States who is still my teacher today. And he was the first person that actually introduced me to some of the deeper, uh, more esoteric meanings and techniques and ways of connecting through meditation. Right. So up until that time, I thought that meditation was just a matter of still uh, like getting my mind to a point of stillness, which I always struggled with. Right. Like there was always this racing in my mind. I always thought about, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I could never get my mind to stand still. Like they would say in, you know, the Buddhist uh, meditation practices and the, the Zen Buddhist, even the Taoist, it's like become stillness. Right. 
and I had a very hard time with that. So when he started teaching and training me, I started actually experiencing a, a huge shift. So he utilizes this meditation technique that's called the 12 gates of gratitude. And as I started incorporating that into my daily practice, I, in the beginning, I didn't see a lot of results. It was just like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. It, it seemed very mechanical. But as time progressed, it became, you know, a part of me and it became deeper. And I started having a lot more um, deeper experiences with deeper connections to what I can only describe as, you know, energy in some or consciousness. I, I don't even know what to describe it as. Um, but this this guiding principle that have more or less been guiding me ever since. You know, we can also call it the voice, um, that internal beacon we all have that speaks to us that we are just not aware of because we are so disconnected from it, right? Like, I forget who's, who it is that says it, but uh, there is an old saying about God is not the one that actually leaves us. We're the one that gets out of the way of God. Like, God is constantly speaking to us, yet we are the ones that step out of the way so we can't hear him. And I will definitely say there's truth to that, because that's what I've experienced many times in my own life. That when I tune in, when I allow myself to go into that state, then I connect. Then I become that. I become that um, instrument, if you would say, that tuning fork that gets in tune with whatever comes down in words and emotions and vibration, whatever you might call it. And so for me, the whole journey of meditation started out with learning how to be still in my mind. And then as I trained and I got more training in meditation and studied with different people um, in different meditation uh, principles and practices, it became less about making my mind still and more about connecting to that divine source, to God. And, and that became the intention. And that has literally been what has been driving me for the past two years, I would say, this deeper connection, because there's a deeper meaning in that connection. But so, as I was being trained by um, the shaman, one of the things that we also do is like we learn how to how to move energy, just like you do in in Chinese kung fu. Um, so it fit very well that I I was at the time I was studying a different version of this uh, Chinese martial art Wing Chun called Siu Lam Wing Chun, which is a, you could call it a sister version of the Yip Man Wing Chun or the more the classical Wing Chun at some point they potentially we don't fully know uh, but potentially they were either one system or they were very closely related in some shape or fashion they have similarities and they have things that are not very similar and so in this style as well I was learning how to become more internal about you know my movement how I thought how I behaved when I was in a combat situation where a stress came up and so again I was taught this notion of energy transfer as I, I, I 
would refer to energy transfer and intentional transfer. And what I discovered was some interesting, um, interesting ways that you can utilize energy, which is why I have uh, such high respect for for uh, the practices because it it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. It and that's I think I think that's why a lot of people get frustrated with it and they just go for this shallow version of meditation instead of like really diving into it and having it as a, a a bigger part of their life right but so the meditation what it has given me and the reason I'm I'm doing this episode because you'll hear me talk about meditation a lot if you go back to listen to some of the early episodes I talk about meditation as part of what I teach my clients I talk about meditation as part of a morning routine as a daily practice I think it's important to have this practice because a couple of different things. One is we live in a society today that is so disconnected. We are constantly on our cell phones. We're constantly, you know, checking in. And because we check in, we actually check out of ourselves, our spiritual connection and this deeper godly connection we have. And so for me, teaching others to meditate is a way for them to come back to that divine presence, that divine source that they have disconnected from. Because my strongest belief is that we all long for this connection. We all strive to have this connection. But we get so easily corrupted and so connected to the external world that we totally forget the internal world, right? And then you have the the people that get so connected to the internal world that they completely forget the external, right? So there has to be this balance between what my mentor calls power and peace, right? This notion of that you can actually be a person that has tremendous power in the external world and at the same time you can carry along this internal sense of peace with you. So you are like balanced and in harmony. But it's like we've, we have gotten to a place where we think it's either or instead of and right like you can't have both you have to choose which is not true but it takes a lot of practice and it's the practicing part that most people skip because it's easier not to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes or you know 40 minutes however long it is you decide to do it's easier just to you know check into facebook check into linkedin check your emails and all of that the challenge that I see a lot of entrepreneurs and my clients are faced with, especially as business owners, is this disconnection from creativity, right? So when you don't set up a frame, you don't set up a stage, so to speak, for you to be in creation from an early um, time in, in the morning, what happens is that you actually go into this reaction consuming mode. And so when you're in this consuming mode, your creative juices, so to speak, they start becoming more and more limited. And then at some point in the day, you get frustrated. and You're like, I don't understand. I was supposed to do videos for my YouTube channel. I was supposed to do a post for LinkedIn or Instagram or film this or film that. And I, I don't feel motivated i don't feel connected i feel frustrated and i'm actually not in the mood to do anything creative and that all happens because of the decisions that we make in the mornings and during the day 
And a lot of times it's because we check in to these, you know, other media devices instead of actually checking into ourselves, right? Like the amount of time we are wasting on these social media platforms only to realize that the, the real deep connection comes between human to human interaction and not through our devices, you know, is amazing to me. Now, I don't, you know, I'm not a, a what do you call it, an opponent against social media or anything like that. I just believe that we humans, no matter how technologically advanced we will become, we are created for human contact and not just to be connected through these devices. And, you know, COVID is a good example of that, where people cannot be connected and yet we are connected with the devices, which is a blessing right now. And yet, even though we have the connection through the devices, mental health issues have increased tremendously because we cannot touch each other. Human beings, and I learned this many, many years ago when I was studying body, uh, body work and healing, we are created for physical touch. The, the, the healing power of physical touch is so profound that they've done studies with human touch versus certain uh, medications. And if we have medication with physical touch, there is a bigger likelihood that we will be healed compared to just the medication on its own. And you can also see it with children from a young age when they are born. If they don't get that affection and that touch from their mother from the beginning, as they grow up, they have this feeling of disconnection. So physical touch is a huge, huge uh, thing for us humans to have. And I think part of that is also that meditative practice, that connection to our divinely source. Because we have forgotten our, our divine self, our capacity to create, right? Like when I was studying in university and we're talking about the old Greek philosophers and we talked about Plato, one of the things I was very inspired by was this notion of the world of ideas. This notion that we actually never invent anything. Everything that we invent is already pre-invented in this, what he would you know, describe as a, the world of ideas or this realm that we humans basically tune into and then we pull down or what he would say it emanates from that space into the physical reality so that you know the example he uses is that all the tables of the world have already been invented they just have variations that each individual pull in and then create but the creation of it itself has already has already been created and so when we can tune into this space the ideas and what we can actually bring forth in the world can be of huge benefit, right? This is also, you know, when you when you read biographies of uh, or or watch the stories of some of the best classical composers that we have in the world, there is this connection they had with this divine musical inspiration that they were pulling down the music into their instruments, right? Like you will hear stories where they're saying, "Well, I could hear." I could hear the music, I could hear the, the melody, and I just wrote it down. And I actually forgot which of the uh, classical components it was. It might have been 
Beethoven. Um, but there was one of them that literally wrote everything down on paper, on sheet music, before even playing it. Because he could just hear it. Right? So we all have this divine connection. Nikolai Tesla is another good example. And if you're unfamiliar with Tesla's work, I would highly recommend reading up on it. Because Tesla was probably one of the most genius inventors we have had in history. And he has been vastly underrated and um, unfortunately very, what do you call it, um, diminished in history. Or even written out in history of a lot of places. He's more well known in Europe than he is in North America as far as I'm aware. Um, and so there's all these amazing people that we have in our history books or just in history in general that have had and utilized these divine connections and the way that they connected was through this art and science of actually meditating and being still and having an intention to connect to something bigger than themselves. So this is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about meditating. It's because I know from, all, from my own experience the power of this connection. The power of hearing this voice, right? Like if you've been following my journey, one of the things that I shared from my own story was that one of the big reasons why I decided to leave my now ex-wife was this voice that told me that if I would not leave, I would die. And that's for somebody from the outside that sounds very dramatical, and I totally get that. But if you could be a fly on the wall and you could see how our marriage was, if you could see how toxic and emotionally toxic our marriage had become, I think it would make a lot more sense why that would be something that would be said to me, right? It's like I was offered a second chance of life. We had allowed our marriage to become so toxic that it was like the only thing that would set us free was either death or a divorce. And so by the grace of God, or whatever you can call it, I was offered advice. I had been kicked out of the house at that point. I was living at a friend's house. He was not there. And I woke up one morning and I had this. The best way I can describe it is like this vibrational movement in my body that kind of started in my gut. And then it, it kind of moved upward until it reached my mind. And then it was just these words, if you stay, you will die. And now I'm a pretty critical individual. Um, so I was like, what? That's weird. But at the same time, I had this internal knowing that whatever this guidance was, whomever it was, it was definitely somebody that wanted the best for me and wanted to make sure that I was safe. And I'll guarantee you that you listening to this have had similar moments in your life. You know, we call it different things. Some call it the voice, some call it intuition, some call it um, a divine feeling or whatever. You know, like I, I'm not sure the terminology actually matters that much, but 
I'm sure you listening to this will have moments that you can think back on or like imagine these things in your life as you've played out your life because I'm I know that we all have these experiences the difference between most of us when it comes to this is our ability to actually listen and then take action on it I took action on it whereas somebody else might have stayed right and then the voice would have continued to guide and say listen this is not good for you if you stay you'll die but the person would stay and then at one point something bad would happen because the thing about divine inspiration and being led because I firmly believe we're all being led all of us but the difference is that there are those who actually listen and take action and there are the ones that don't take action but they just listen and if you don't use your intuition and you take action on it, at some point your intuition is just going to start getting weaker and weaker, meaning the volume of it will decrease. And so whatever you're being told, because you don't take action on it, it's just going to be like, well, he doesn't take or she doesn't take action on this anyway, so why should I even bother? Now, that doesn't mean that it will disappear. It just means that because you don't listen, you've turned the volume down so low that you can't hear it. But we're all being led. Like I've seen it so many times and had enough conversations in my life with people to know that this is a universal thing. It's not something that I only have. It's a gift we all have. But most don't use it, right? Many are called. Many are called. Or you could say we're all called. But few take the calling. Right? Like few really take the calling. There's a lot of us that are being called for amazing things in this world. And the fear of actually listening to this and taking action on it is what sets people apart. So if you're listening to this and you know that there's things that you've been told to do over and over and you haven't done it, know that this is the divine voice that is speaking to you about something right like there is always this divine guidance and so meditation is the space that we enter as this sacred space to honor this divine connection and actually become better at listening listening to what's being offered us so I hope that helps and I hope that serve as an invitation and potential opening for you to spend more time in this sacred space. Because think of it like this. You're, what you get out of it is what you're putting into it. So if you're meditating five minutes a day or you're meditating every second day, that's what you're getting in, uh, out of it. It's kind of the same way as working out. If you work out one time a week, you might not get the greatest results. But if you work out three, four, five times, you're going to start seeing results. It's the same thing with all of these practices. There is a physical component that has to be present. right? If you do not put time and effort into it, you will not reap the rewards of it, period. So there is, there is an intention and a commitment that has to happen for you to be willing to actually have a practice. 
And in the beginning, it might be hard, but as you progress into it, you will find that when you don't do it, your days are actually worse than when you actually sit down on your ass and meditate. For me, meditation has changed my life. Without meditation, I would not be where I am today, period. Period. Meditation and this divine connection is what has been guiding me through my entire life. I've had many conversations with people who are spiritual and know what I'm talking about. I have many conversations with people who are not and, and think that I'm crazy. And that's okay. Because I know even the ones that say they don't have these experiences, they have these experiences, but they're just not aware of it. It's like when you're colorblind, you can't see colors. It's kind of the same thing. It's like it's already there. But you have not trained yourself to be aware of what it is that you're looking for, right? Like, I also don't believe in coincidences anymore, right? Like, I, I know that there is a divine plan that has been laid out. Now, that doesn't mean you can't change it and affect it. But there is a grid that has been put out in front of you. What you do with this is up to you. But it starts with this practice of having sacred space through meditation. That's all I got for you today. Love and light your way. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Parables of the Divorce CEO. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and please share it with someone who may find the content valuable. Join my coaching program at thedivorceceo.com slash coaching.